Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, and, and how am I? Is everything okay? All right. If you're ready, we're ready. When, when do you say this is broadcast? October 21st. 6.30 to 7 in the morning from Montreal down to Florida, west of the Mississippi. Okay, we ready? Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. I have one of my heroes on the program because going back 40 years ago, I was a college intern with Assemblyman Chester Hart. And Dale Volker was, I think he was just about switching from the Assembly to the Senate position, and he was hobbling into meetings with... Um, a uh, cast on his leg and some crutches and uh, Chester said this man is going to go places Dale Volker he said he's he's the son of Julius Volker and a man of great intellect and statesman uh, ability a diplomat and he certainly did well to tell you a little bit about Senator Dale M. Volker he was born in 1940 the son of Assemblyman Julius Volker he graduated from Canisius College and the University at Buffalo Law School. Then he worked for the Depew Police Department. Dale Volker was a member of the New York State Assembly, 73 and 74. In 74, he ran for re-election, but he was defeated by Democrat Vince Graber. On February 4th, 75, Dale Volker was elected to the New York State Senate to fill the vacancy caused by the resignation of Thomas F. McGowan. Our guest today former state senator Dale M. Volker. Now, you were in office for a long time, both in the Assembly and the Senate, coming from very good stock with your dad, Julius, who was also a good friend of Chet Hart. What was the highlight of your career? What stands out as being the best part of your career in public service? The highlight of my career was pushing Nelson Rockefeller, who had just pushed me, <laughs> and uh, the only thing about that was uh, it was because Rockefeller was mad at me because of uh, some criminal justice legislation. He was the reason I lost in 1974 because he made a deal with the conservative party and uh, cost me that election. I only lost by a few hundred votes. Uh, that, to me, was, <laughs> was kind of a highlight Actually, I was the sponsor of the death penalty and uh, uh, sponsored it for many years under various governors. And uh, when Pataki became uh, governor, uh, he signed it into law. Uh, the people who opposed the death penalty told me that they said it was probably the fairest death penalty law that they had ever been involved in. The only trouble was that it was fair, and what the uh, what many of the attorneys did who uh, uh, who opposed it, that is lawyers, mm -hmm. and, uh, they took advantage of it and spent a ton of money. I mean, uh, I remember when I started, uh, and remember I was a police officer and president of the 
uh, student body at law school also, by the way, mm-hmm. but I was also president of the local police uh, uh, political association. No one was going to tell me about how uh, defense attorneys operated. Problem was that the whole system was changing in Albany. And uh, in the end, it was uh, New York City uh, 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 Court of Appeals judges who, uh, who threw out the, uh, the death penalty statute. I, I personally, and I will tell you, a lot of uh, uh, cases were thrown out on bad evidence. I don't think there's any question. In New York, if you got convicted, you should be. You should have been convicted because we had a tough, uh, a tough statute, but gave the uh, person who committed the crime the opportunity. Because the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do was to convict somebody and uh, get have them get the death penalty. It, my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. It's what it's one of the reasons that for the problems we have today is the fact we don't have a death penalty to take care of the worst, and it has led to uh, problems that we didn't need to have, and uh, it's the way it is. I uh, I accept it. In fact, what really bothered me was the fellow who on the court of appeals. Uh, who made the uh, decision to mm-hmm. d- to, uh, to 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 do the the uh, uh, part of it that was thrown out? Admitted to me that he was not anti-death penalty. Well, that's mm-hmm. what he said. And uh, frankly, uh, we could never get the assembly to take the issue up. It was an issue uh, not of the death penalty itself. But of the uh, of the sentencing, and we could easily have changed that provision and uh, restored the death penalty. But the assembly would never uh, even take it up. So that's the reason that we don't have a death penalty. Now, this is an uh, interesting thing you mentioned, and I think you mentioned it when you spoke before the Amherst Republican Committee about mm-hmm. this shoving match between you and Nelson yeah. Rockefeller. Yeah. You know, this current governor has been referred to as a thug. Was uh, Rockefeller the same way, where he'd push people around and intimidate them? Nelson Rockefeller, uh, and I knew him re- pretty well. I, I tell you, I, I'm i an expert on Attica. I spent all sorts of time at Attica, he was responsible for Attica mm-hmm. because it, not that he deliberately did it, but he really was not familiar with criminal justice. He loaded up the Attica prison with the worst inmates in the state and created a problem that led to the Attica riot and the death of a lot of people. Nelson Rockefeller was not really a nice man. I mean, he was nice to a lot of people in New York City, but the argument that he and I had was actually over the Rockefeller drug laws. And, uh, you know, I, 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 ironically, uh, I was supposed to be the toughest guy around, and mm-hmm. yet uh, his statute that he tried to pass 
was ridiculous. So a, uh, a, a fellow by the name of Dominic DiCarlo, who was a great I remember uh, legislator. He, uh, assemblyman. Uh, assemblyman, uh, yeah. He and I led the fight against oh. Rockefeller's Rockefeller drug law and made him change it, and that's why he never forgot me. And so he didn't like anybody to stand up to Nelson no, Rockefeller. No, no. Well, you know, I was just a, I was just a puny kid that just uh, just came out of Western New York, and uh, uh, my father, he was very respectful to him, except that uh, according to the uh, the the way things go, he was mad at him because my father tried to. Change the Medicaid law to make it uh, uh, different so that it wouldn't cripple the state, which of course it's doing right now. And he then worked out a deal with the legislature to get my father out after 22 years. Um, he was always uh, on sounds his face. highly manipulative. Oh well, listen, I would, I, I have to tell you, I guess because I was there 38 years. Uh, I, in fact, was a problem for the New York City people mm -hmm. because it was hard for them to manipulate me because I knew the tactics. Uh, I became a close personal friend of the Democratic people in western New York, including mm -hmm. a fellow by the name of Arthur O'Eve. Mm -hmm. And even I made uh, agreements, which is the real reason that Buffalo is now coming back. Uh, there's a lot of things that they're, they're talking about in the paper, that the wonderful things that have been done, but it was the, the legislative delegation that saved Roswell, that saved uh, the psychiatric center, that saved uh, the zoo, I mean, all kinds of things. But, of course, uh, no, nobody wanted to admit that legislators, mere legislators, would do that, but we did. Now, Andrew is interesting because he's taking credit for absolutely everything. His father, Mario Cuomo, who, mm -hmm. by the way, was a very close friend of mine, even though we fought like crazy. On yeah, he was a big liberal and you were yeah. a conservative. But he cooperated with the legislature. And was a big reason why a lot of things were done prior to uh, Pataki getting elected as the mm -hmm. first Republican uh, uh, some years later. It's interesting because uh, Mario and I talked about it, and he said, You said to me, uh, I said to him, You ran once too often. And he said, You were absolutely right. I ran once too often, and that's one thing a politician. A lot better. of people think he ran more than once well, too often. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. but but as a man, as a person, uh, integrity. Uh, he, in my opinion, he he was he was a good governor. <laughs> I mean, a good governor in the fact that he 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 meant right and well. I have a problem with the present governor. What's that? Because the present governor is uh, trying to do everything himself, pushing stuff around. Uh, I know, I mean, the, 
the economy of New York is not in great shape because the bonding structure is in tough shape because what the governor is doing, he's not using cash or he's not using the stuff that was used by his father. He's using bonds. Now, we are pretty close to the maximum of our bonding structure. If we should get a national uh, uh, problem, that is, the, and we may have one, uh, the way things are going now, because the present president is trying to cut, uh, cut down on spending. And one of the places that gets enormous spending is Buffalo. In, in western New York. The only trouble with that is it's dangerous because if those bonds can't, uh, can't be paid, and that's a lot of things that uh, I know many of the people locally, and I say to them, I hope we can pay for all this. And they say, oh, well, that's no problem. Well, it is a problem because New York City is not in great shape either. And uh, we, the, just the New York Times <laughs> uh, t speaks for New York these days, it seems like, and, and tells the Buffalo News uh, basically what they're supposed to say. Um, it's a problem. Uh, lying in politics today mm -hmm. is something that is outrageous and horrendous, in my opinion. I mean, is there dead people voting in New York City? Well, of course there is. That's not even a question. Right. Dennis Vaco was defeated uh, for the attorney general by dead people's votes from Brooklyn. So you're talking about tens of thousands. A uh, hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, and the Democrats said to me when I said, you know, you know, this is— the cemetery district of Brooklyn is is very very heavily voting. It's very. And I, I said to the, <laughs> the the guy who who is from that district, I said, uh, "How heavy is the vote here?" And he said, "Heavier than it should be." I don't get. I don't ask any questions. And I sure don't get any answers. <laughs> well, they're uh, dead. How are uh, they going to answer? Yeah, uh, the Democrats claim. <laughs> well, Nassau county back years before when they dominated politics there uh they did that they uh they got votes that were that weren't there dead voters and they, and i said you know if that's true and i'm not denying it it doesn't matter what's right is right and in, in a democracy if you don't have legal voting you have a problem now, the New York Times, I got to tell you, they know. I mean, you couldn't possibly not know what things that were going on in New York. For instance, I'll just give you a quick story. Mm -hmm. A guy walked into a booth in Queens and, uh, and said, I'm John Smith. And the woman said, you're not John Smith. He died years ago. I knew him. He had a list in yeah. his hand of nine people. He had already voted for seven of them, and this was his eighth vote. And there was one more dead guy he was going to vote for. Uh, 
the claim is, well, it's the Republicans saying that this is true because of south, Southern problems. Now, I, I don't want to get into Southern problems, but I do know about New York. And unfortunately, in New York, we have a lot of strange voting is about the best I can say. Sounds like more crooked voting. For those who just tuned in, we're learning a great deal from a man who knows where the bodies are buried. (laughs) Former state senator Dale Volker, 38-year veteran of the state legislature, a great role model for those who are thinking of a career in politics. I worked for former Assemblyman Chet Hart, and he thought the world of this man. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our past guests Rotary District Governor Reg Madison, Michael Blihash, who's leading the national effort for buying American products, and former Chief of Staff to President Bush, Andy Card. Coming up, we'll have Brian Kolb, Republican Leader of the State Assembly, Mo Nalon, who is involved with the commissioning of a new ship in Buffalo, New York. A little bit more information about Senator Dale Volker. He was reelected several times, remained in the state Senate until 2010, sitting in the 181st through 198th New York State Legislature. Dale Volker served on the Codes Committee. He was chairman of the West New York delegation, a member of the Senate Committee on Alcoholism, and a member of the Senate Public Protection Subcommittee. A great statesman and diplomat. Dale Volker. If you're listening in Depew or Toronto or Washington, D.C., drop us a note listening to our 50,000 watts on ESPN AM 1520. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Now, you spoke about your partnership, and it sounds like the odd couple. Yes. You and and Assemblyman Arthur O'Eve, who was to the left of the left, and Mm. you were to the right of the right, Mm -hmm. but you worked together. You found common ground. You did a lot for Roswell. You did a lot for state projects. How did you you find that common ground when he was so left and you were so far right? Arthur O'Eve and I uh, were the heads of the delegations. That is, he was the senior guy from the Assembly. I was the senior guy from the Senate. And we discussed the fact together that if a delegation could get together, especially a delegation in upstate New York, Republicans and Democrats, they could do immense amount of things. And that happened. In fact, it wasn't just Arthur and I. We had a bunch of people. The delegation stood out. Uh, Arthur helped us in New York City. I helped them in Long Island, okay. and uh, frankly, I irritated some people. And one of the, as I left, some of the Long Island people said, "You know, you guys from Buffalo stole a lot of money from Long Island." And I said, "What are you talking about? Well, you you got a lot of money that uh, in Buffalo that we we couldn't get." And I said, "Listen, the New York, uh, the all the delegation in the Buffalo area." was the most effective delegation in the state of New York. Just one other thing, by the way, as we're talking about my father. He he was in the assembly for 22 years, and I was in the, the legislature for 38 years. 
That's a half we a century. Were the longest serving uh, family in the history of the legislature. Uh, I must admit to you that by the end, uh, I was one of the people who constantly told the truth in, uh, in, in the legislature. When I left, a bunch of Long Island people said to me, you know, Dale, the trouble with you is you hurt the party. How's that? You told the truth. You can't tell the truth, especially in Buffalo. I said, well, I'll tell you. If I can't stay in the legislature and tell the truth, I'm not going to hang around. Good for you. Yeah. It, it, it was, I think that one of the things we have to understand that's going on now is that too many people in the legislature don't have the integrity to stand up and tell the truth and say this is the way, not just the way it should be, but the way it is. I mean, because if you don't, what happens is what happens in the Senate of the United States. There's just too many people that don't have the courage to vote their conscience and to vote not just Republican or Democrat. Uh, the reason the uh, the, the the House and the Senate are are locked in is that they can't bring themselves to take a chance, admittedly, it's a chance maybe on their own seat, and vote the right thing. And if we don't do that, by the way, we're going to have a terrible problem. Whatever people think about Trump, Okay. And I was one of the few people that voted for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But I did it because I knew that he was a guy whose word was good and that we needed somebody who could stand up to uh, the, this nation and say, this is what we have to do. Now, the problem is... <clears throat> that here was a, a, a woman running against him, Hillary Clinton, who should have been con prosecuted. Right. I mean, I, I know a little bit about... Uh, 32,000 emails running through her well, house. Well, it was, there was a bunch of things mm -hmm. that, frankly, should have been done. And I must tell you something else. The Clinton Foundation was one of the more corrupt uh, foundations in the history of this nation. Now, I, I, they say that, they say, well, there's probably been others. There may have been, but it was clear that the way that foundation was being run uh, was against the law, the law of the land. And by the way, the daughter of uh, Chelsea Hillary, Clinton. Chelsea, yeah. objected to the way they were handling the uh, that uh, the the foundation and said you've got to put some good people on it because it's it's ridiculous. I said there's some uh, interesting uh, comment uh, and uh, she, she she was an interesting person. I, I gave her credit for it. Yeah, for those who just tuned in, we're learning a great deal from former state senator Dale Volker, 38 years in the state legislature, a man of honor and distinction. Tremendous reputation, Dale Volker. 
Uh, just a little bit more information about him. Prior to 87, he was chairman of the state Senate Standing Committee on Energy. His other committee assignments included Senate Standing Committee on Banks, Cities, Crime Victims, Crime and Corrections, Finance, Judiciary, Mental Health, and Developmental Disability and Rules. Now, let's talk about something interesting, and I'm sure you were involved with funding and repair of the former Tappan Zee Bridge that was yeah. re replaced. And it was named after former Lieutenant Governor Malcolm Wilson, who I'm sure you knew very well, very who well. was Lieutenant Governor and then Governor of New York State. Isn't it unethical to take away his name when he did nothing wrong, an insult to his grandchildren, when the name was taken off and the current governor wants to name it after his father when it was already named from a former governor. Isn't that wrong? Well, first of all, let me tell you a quick story that almost nobody knows. Uh, my, my father was in the assembly. The phone rang one night, and the guy said, this is Nelson Rockefeller. And I, I said, yeah, sure it is. It was. <laughs> And Rockefeller, the reason he called to get my father to convince Malcolm Wilson to run as his uh, lieutenant governor candidate. Okay. My father said, I tell you, he said, I happen to agree with it, as he said on the phone. I agree with it because we got to have somebody to keep him under control. But he didn't <laughs> yeah. tell Rockefeller Big that. Big liberal. Yeah. Rockefeller said, I'll send my plane up tonight. My father said, why don't I just take a plane tomorrow and I'll be there? Well, the story is, my father did, uh, the rumble around the assembly was that it was my dad who convinced Malcolm to run again with Rockefeller. One more thing. There's a church, a, uh, a rather famous cathedral, in right next to the uh, uh, right next to the the plaza and so forth, it's the in only mm -hmm. building that survived the uh, uh, the, uh, the the new uh, the new uh, uh, plaza. You know why that building is there? Because Malcolm Wilson told Nelson Rockefeller <laughs> he wasn't going to run if Rockefeller didn't leave that building. <laughs> And and that's still okay. there. Yeah. And and it, it's a it's a beautiful building. I mean, they, they've had a lot of work on it, but it's a beautiful old building. But Nelson, uh, look at I don't these naming of bridges and buildings and all that. You know, first of all, let me tell you what they're telling you now. The cost of the Tappan Zee Bridge is seems about four billion dollars. That's a lot right. of money. Yeah, but a it's, lot of money. Uh, it was when I, the, the most expensive project in the history of our state, as I was told, was the new, uh, the 9-11 uh, building, the re reconstruction mm -hmm. of the destroyed 9-11 uh, uh, buildings. The second one that they said was going to be the Tappan Zee Bridge. 
I'm sorry, we have to come to a close. We're going to have to have State Senator Dale Volker back on the Rusk Report, a fountain of knowledge, a man of great honesty and integrity, 38 years in the state legislature. Special thanks to our director of production for the past 15 years, Kevin Carr, and thank you for enlightening us once again, a great statesman and diplomat, State Senator Dale M. Volker. Have a great week. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.